Welcome to the Rider Ninja Podcast with your host, Joe Scott Coe. This podcast is where we talk about arts, language, culture, education, and the writing life. Join as we separate the crazy from your life and sort out what's encouraging from what's discouraging, what's safe from what's unsafe, what feeds you from what drains you. Remember, the goal is not just to get through, but to get forward. And now, your host, Joe Scott Coe. Time for Forward Thinking. Today on Forward Thinking, I want to talk about acknowledging your influences. Sometimes at the beginning of a new semester, I ask my creative writing students to complete a short exercise. I ask them to make a list of people they consider to be positive, creative influences on their writing process. Some students immediately know what I mean, and a few need a little more clarification. So. What I emphasize is that I'm not talking about an idol, I-D-O-L. I'm not talking about someone of whom they might be a mad fan. I'm talking about a person whose work has made some kind of impression on them. It could be in any genre. Um, But something about their process, how they work, something about what they've made or created, or something about their choices over time somehow helps you to see more clearly, maybe helps you be more willing to take a bigger risk, or try something new or different. Uh, Maybe even something about this person's work helps you pull yourself back from a creative cliff and then just spread your arms and throw yourself over anyway. Try it. So the key, though, is that the, the person or the work helps you to get unstuck. So we could be talking about anything, music, poetry, film, television, books, plays, individual works, a series of work, um, a particular uh, writer's voice or a particular musician's uh, lyrics or their melodies, rhythms, whatever. Um, But the key is that it it helps you. And the, the thing that I tell my students and the thing that I remind myself and I would like to emphasize to you is that an influence I do not believe is an argument. It's not something that you're trying to justify. Uh, you don't have to explain too much about it. But it's important to recognize it and how it helps you. Uh, recognize that the, the impact is there inside your imagination and therefore it's an asset for you. Um, it's not something that you have to over-explain. But I do give a few examples to my students because when I was writing my book, Teacher at Point Blank, there were a lot of kind of bumps in the road. Uh, You can get in your own way. And so I point out four writers in particular that helped me. Uh, And Margaret Atwood is one. I do work her pieces of Handmaid's Tale, which is one of her masterworks, into my uh, essay collection. But also something uh, that's a little bit more off the radar Uh, called Good Bones and Simple Murders. A book like that that is a short kind of uh, collection of lyric essays that are strange and and at odd angles really kind of helped me retrain my attention at times when I needed it. Um, A writer like Jamaica Kincaid, her book A Small Place was a really good example of how to get a reader's attention about things that they're used to ignoring. In this case, it's a book about traveling to Antigua. 
Uh, and it's really about getting kind of your kick to the solar plexus in while you're transfixing the reader with language. So Jamaica Kincaid was a big help for that. Richard Rodriguez for his sentence melodies, his willingness to engage other texts, and just his introspection and his vulnerability were really helpful to me. And finally, the fourth one that I might point out would be Nathaniel West because I'm a Southern California writer, and Nathaniel West had such an amazing ability to point precisely with his language, with his vocabulary, with his sentence rhythms, to the grotesques and sometimes the horrors in the daily life. And yet he wouldn't flinch, and he wouldn't make it too important, uh, but he would just put it there and then walk away. I, I find that really powerful. So again, I'm giving you too much information, but it's information that I need myself, the way my brain works. Another artist that turns up quite a bit in my book is John Cusack. In fact, the title of my book, Teacher at Point Blank, is kind of an homage to Gross Point Blank, uh, which is, I think, one of his um, best films. Um, but to be more specific and more precise about it, it's Cusack's characters, or it's films by Cusack that uh, appear several times in my book. And I don't want to go too much into all of this, but I do want to clarify that when I was a high school kid, I didn't see any of Cusack's films for, for reasons that are way too boring and tedious to emphasize or explore. I didn't really go to the theater much until uh, much later in my life, but uh, I saw High Fidelity in the theater, and after I saw High Fidelity, I went back and started really kind of studying uh, Cusack's body of work. And what I really noticed, this is the thing that helped me the most, this is the thing that inspires me the most about Cusack, is that his best work, his most interesting films, often are um, where he's chosen a character who is somehow engaging a problem of conscience or a problem of, of fate. Um, so you've got this in Pushing Tin, where it's in a marriage and in a very high-stress profession, that is air traffic control, or in City Hall, it's about city government, or in The Grifters, it's, you know, this whole uh, small time but big city uh, um, troublemaker um, who's trying to get by and survive, and yet on this kind of epic scale, a little bit more Greek level, what we're really looking at is a question of will and how much autonomy and how much trickster uh, can actually save you in real life. A, a film like Max engages the question of that blurring between aesthetics and politics. I find that very powerful. And something like Grace is Gone. Here you've got someone who is, at least in their the politics they articulate on things like Twitter and elsewhere, is anti-war. And yet Grace is Gone. Here you've got an actor who plays with real humanity and, and um, uh, grace, a person who is a uh, father who has lost a spouse in the, the Iraq-Afghanistan war and exploring what that is like. So so all of that together, just the combination of that, I find actually really inspiring. It kind of helps me think about, you know, who do you want to be as an artist in the world? You want to take risks, you want to do different kinds of things, but engaging this question of conscience, engaging these questions of difficulty, I find very helpful so that that's possible. So I guess what I would ask you as a listener, uh, as, as, a, as a new listener, maybe for the Writer Ninja podcast, is if you would come to the website, joscottco.com, that's J-O-S-C-O-T-T-C-O-E.com, and uh, leave us a note, send us an email, um, and tell us a little bit about who your influences are. If you're not an artist, it could be influences in your parenting or in your work life. It doesn't really matter to me. And 
I'd be interested in, although you don't have to share your reasons, but reasons are interesting just to kind of help us understand how your brain functions and how this helps you. But um, again, it's not an argument that we're not going to have a, have a debate about it. It's just, oh, that works for you. Great. Explain maybe a little bit why. So come to joescottco.com. Tell us a little bit about that. Leave us, leave us a note. Again, be thinking about whose work helps you get going. Maybe uh, if you imagine a kind of, you know, parlor, you're walking in and there's this conversation going on and things are happening and you walk in, who do you want to talk to? If you think about art or you think about life as a conversation, um, sometimes you're talking to people that you never meet in person. <laughs> so um, who are your influences? Whose work helps you get unstuck? Uh, check in with us on the website and we will continue the conversation there. Now let's tune in to Ninja Chat. I recently had the pleasure of talking with writer Chiwan Choi, whose book The Flood, a book of poems, was published last year by Tia Chuka Press. Chiwan and I have known each other for slightly over 20 years. We studied with the same writing teacher, Jack Grapes, for quite some time. And we've kind of bumped into each other on the scene in Los Angeles. And uh, Chiwan has been a major fixture in the Los Angeles literary, especially the poetry scene, for almost as many years, for 20 years, um, especially on the reading circuit. But this was the first book that he had published by uh, a press other than um, himself. So uh, my book was born the same year, uh, about six months after. And we had an interesting conversation about what it was like, even though you'd been working as a writer and living as a writer and, you know, cobbling together a career, how it was interesting once you had a book published by someone else to go on the road and try to do gigs and you're, you know, doing the best you can. And, and I made the joke once that we were really living on the D-list and trying to, trying to manage that. And Chiwan said, forget the D-list, this is the Z-list. So we had a laugh about that, but then we had a more serious conversation with some funny moments about the costs and some of the benefits of being on the Z-list. So give a listen to that. What is the Z-list and how is it different from the D-list? <laughs> what happened to all the letters between D and Z? Though? I don't understand. I don't know. This is your idea. It's the, the, the Z-list. Yeah. The Z list is the the Z list. You can't you, you can't get out of it. it. That's it. There's no like if I'm on the D list long enough, I'll move up to the C list or B list or A list. Z right. list, you're a Z list. <laughs> there's no way out. So, so that's yeah. a, and that is such characteristic is no yeah. way out of it. Yeah, there's no way out. So you're pretty much like either the biggest of the z-list or the lowest of the z-list but that's it there's no ambition beyond that that's where you are yeah okay yeah so tell tell us your z-list story from new york city um you go with your book so you yeah, have a book yeah. let's be clear you have Do an have actual book not self-published an actual book published by a publisher that actually people like um and so I get there, 
What's the name anyway, of the bookstore? The name of the bookstore is Unnameable Books in Brooklyn. A great bookstore. And people should go there and buy books. That has, this has nothing to do with the bookstore. It has everything to do with being in the Z-list. Um, it's... Uh, I knew it was going to be tough because it was like a hump day. It was a Wednesday. And so I thought maybe if you know I could get another writer that I love who's out there already, a local, it would help. Um, and he's thinking, oh, I'm going to open for this guy who has like a book. And it's, I mean, he has books too, but I'm out there like touring, right? Come up. I've been brought from all the way across the country to read. <laughs> so um, here we go. And it's a rainy night in Brooklyn. I get off on the wrong train stop. So you end up walking like 25 minutes with a bag full of books um, and an air mattress I had just bought, JCPenney, which is pretty heavy. And we get to the bookstore, meet uh, Ed, who's the other writer. We go walk into the bookstore. We see Adam, who owns the place and uh, runs the everything. And he looks at us from behind the counter and just is silent for a while. <laughs> I say, hi, I'm Chiwan. I'm here for the reading. Oh, oh, the reading. Um, yeah. Oh, I guess we can't do it in the backyard because it's raining. Um, we're, I guess we'll do it in the basement. I'm like, okay, that's great. Uh, where is the basement? Like, huh. Let me see. And he, he points to this pile of empty boxes. And I have empty boxes. And he's like, well, let me get all these boxes out of the way. Then you could, then you could actually walk down the stairs. And then the basement will be there. <laughs> now, hold on. Let me move these boxes. Like, oh, my God. Wasn't there wine? There, there was a little bit of wine. Uh, yeah, yeah, we go down there. And he's, like, searching for something. Um, I feel like I'm at an AA meeting or something, the way this place is set up. And he's like, um, let's see, I think we have some wine here somewhere. And then he literally pulls out like a half bottle, half bottle of wine, like half finished bottle of wine. So like, here's some wine left over from the, a previous reading. <laughs> I, think we, I think there's another bottle here. Oh, oh no, I don't have a corkscrew. Uh. <laughs> so by then, the, I came there with two other people, and then there was the Ed, who was the other writer, four of us. And so Ed, I say, Ed, let's go grab a drink across the street. And while waiting for it to start, quote unquote, start. <laughs> so we grab a drink, come back. There's still four of us. <laughs> we go in the basement, sit there. Adam doesn't even come downstairs. He stays upstairs to remind the store. And we just sit in this basement for about a good 15, 20 minutes until one other person shows up who is a friend from LA who had just moved back to New York. And we just sit there for like about a good 20 more minutes just staring at each other. And you know, it's saying, I'm opening for you. <laughs> Who was the other writer yeah, yeah, who had yeah. come specially yeah, yeah. for this occasion? Yeah. Right. And 
it, you know, it's the first time we'd met. We we uh, both admired each other's work from afar. I mean, he has like three novels out. So, like I said, if you're a Z list, you can't get out. Doesn't right. matter how many novels you have out. You're you're in the Z list. Right. Um. So we just end up reading to each other. <laughs> and was it great or was it? <laughs> it was. It was awful. It was. You know, it's funny because his writing is so great, and. The plus side is that because nobody was there, I wasn't worried about reading from the book. Right. <laughs> I was like, why am I reading from the book if nobody's here? Right. I was like, let me just read this other stuff that I've been writing, you know. Yeah. Um, so that part actually was worked out because I was, you know. Um, and I go, you know, after we the reading is over, <laughs> we go back upstairs. Um, I gather the books that are on the table. Put the boxes yeah. back. <laughs> yeah, I gather the books that he had, that Adam had placed out there for sale to the all the all the people that would come to the reading that he didn't know was happening. Right. <laughs> um, and I go. So should I leave these books here for uh, consignment or something? And he's like, No, I don't do consignment. <laughs> Consignment, explain what some people understand what that is. Well, it's, it's like, you know, it's like you leave your books. If, if it sells, you get a cut. They keep a cut. If not, then they'll, you know, call you after a certain amount of time and say, hey, get this out of here. I need the shelf space. space. Yeah. He <laughs> goes, no, I don't do consignments. So I'm like, okay. I gather all my books, put it back in my bag, grab my air mattress, walk back out into the rain, and, you know, Here's two writers telling each other that was great. <laughs> that was really great. Let's do it again. Why don't you come out to LA next time? <laughs> we'll do this in LA <laughs> with no rain. Probably. With no rain. With no rain. Yeah, with no rain. <laughs> so, as you can hear from my conversation with Chuan, there are a lot of humorous elements to a discussion of the Z list. I put out a call uh, through email to writers and poets and some artists that I know, one musician as well, and um, I will post their responses on the website on joescottco.com, and you can read uh, some of their funny stories as well. Uh, I wanted to give tonight the last word, though, to the alter ego of a writer, brilliant writer friend of mine named Stephanie Hammer. Stephanie Hammer has an alter ego named Mitzi, and Mitzi has a very thick German accent, but she has a very interesting philosophy on the possibilities and opportunities of the Z-list. So we'll let Mitzi have the last word, give a listen, and then think about what she says. Du weißt, dass du auf der Z-list bist. You know you're on the Z-list, meine Freunde. Then no one knows who you are. Then no one even admits that you might be, even possibly, just a little bit, a real person. On the other hand, if you are generally and consistently regarded as unreal, as unimportant, as unsezeliste, ah, what freedom that is. Freedom that is almost as free as being at the ocean the end of the world, when all things seem possible, and when indeed all things are possible, 
And so, meine Freunde, from the end of the world, from the bottom of the Seeliste, I send you greetings. Inspirations, tricks, and methods of escape. Before I go today, I want to connect together the idea of acknowledging your influences and Zen on the Z list. In the beginning, I was talking about the idea of make a list of people or work or I guess you could even say experiences that get you unstuck when you have to keep moving in your creative process or just in your life. And I mentioned some of mine. And one of them that I pointed out was John Cusack, and I mentioned some reasons why. Something interesting that came up on Twitter earlier this year came actually from John Cusack, and it's a reference to a profile of two therapists who do a lot of work in Hollywood with screenwriters and agents and all kinds of people who do creative things. And the two, the two um, therapists are Barry Michaels and Phil Stutz. They were profiled in The New Yorker, and then there was a great toolkit, and actually this is what I ended up finding um, on, on Cusack's Twitter page, um, that, that was all about, you know, how do you get unstuck? How do you get rid of these illusions, and how do you just keep moving forward, and, and what kind of discipline is involved, and what are some things you can visualize to do that? So I'm going to post um, the uh, link on joescottco.com to Barry Michaels and Phil Stutz illustrations and meditations about the realm of illusion, uh, overcoming the comfort zone, directing your cosmic rage, which I think is a great phrase, loss processing, which is a very interesting thing in a way, um, uh, desire or, or depending too much or attachment too much to one thing. Um, and this is, of course, very Eastern, but giving that up actually is an incredible source of power. And finally, something that th- they call the string of pearls, where instead of really making the book so important or the pregnancy so important or the marriage or the divorce or the death or the person or whatever it is, um, really looking at how every attempt you make, every expenditure of energy is valuable. And so you don't make anything so important that disproportionately then it weighs you down and it becomes demotivating. There's a really interesting description here by Barry. And again, Barry and and Phil have studied together. Uh, I think Barry was tutored by Stutz, actually. Um, But It's very interesting, wise advice, especially for thinking about how to just keep moving forward. Uh, Quote, you can't see past this big event to know that the future will require more effort whether you get the result or not. And that's why ultimate events are debilitating, which is represented by, and then there's a drawing and it kind of shows how you just stop and you quit. So, um, you know, if you're trying to do something and you don't succeed or you're trying to do something and you get it and then you kind of freak out. So it's a really great series of um, thoughts on this. And again, it it doesn't matter uh, whether you're trying to write a novel or you want to win an award or you're just trying to uh, enjoy your marriage or enjoy your children. Um, So I'm going to put this up on joescottco.com. And kudos to Johnny Cusack for putting that on the Twitter page. Thanks very much. And um, to anybody who has a comment about this, I would be very curious what you think. Um, so leave a comment on joescottco.com. That's J-O-S-C-O-T-T-C-O-E. 
and we'll continue the conversation there about how to get unstuck, how to stay unstuck, and how to claim your Zen on the Z-List. Thanks for joining us for this episode of the Rider Ninja Podcast. Visit www.joescottco.com for more information, including this episode's show notes. Send a question, comment, or message through the website and follow Joe on Twitter. Her Twitter handle is at JoeScottCo. Check out Joe on Facebook at www.facebook.com slash teacher at point blank.